0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Clued Up, the Behind the Scenes Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Maria B. And this week, we're going to take a deeper dive into behind the scenes when it comes to planning and executing for headshots. Headshots are a lucrative business, especially when they're, they're done properly. And as a photographer there's the potential to have a significant part of your business develop just from your headshot photography okay let's dive in welcome to clued up with maria b the behind the scenes photography podcast clued up is your insider's view to building successful magazine style photo shoots we talk design and concept fashion and style tech social media, and of course, business, plus so much more, including how to avoid common photography pitfalls. You'll also meet some special guests who work behind the camera and in front of the lens. Whether you're an aspiring photographer, a portrait photographer thinking about starting your own business, or you just have an interest in what it takes to plan and execute professional shoots, you've come to the right place. I'm your host, Maria B. Now let's get you clued up. Okay, so let's start with the fact that headshots are relatively simple and easy if you plan them well. I like to think of it as paying it forward. You have a much easier time during and after your headshot photo shoot if you do all the harder work up front long before your client arrives at your studio or wherever you're planning on doing these headshots. So here are a bunch of tips to take you through that process. Start by getting as much information from the client during the initial consultation, whether that's via phone call or via Zoom, and then gather any additional information needed from subsequent conversations. You don't want to bombard your client, so I suggest you write down your questions and then. Try to approach this in more of a conversational manner to make it seem like, or make it not seem as though you're going down a checklist of questions. Here are some things that are important to know up front. Some of them are pretty basic, but it makes for a good reminder. First, learn about the purpose of the photos is it for business? And if it is, is the client an entrepreneur? or are they an employee of a firm or a company? If the photos are for business, what's the nature of that business? Remember, a headshot will look quite different if the client is a blogger versus an attorney versus a musician versus an athlete. Next, if the client is an entrepreneur, does the brand have a particular look or a particular color? Does the client want to incorporate those colors into the photos in some way? Or do they want complementary colors in the background? Or what's their preference for either a backdrop or for seamless paper? Do they want black, white, gray, the typical types of colors for headshots? Or are you able to offer them a more lively color? What's your client's height? You don't want the client to come through the door and now you realize you're going to have to stand on two Apple boxes to be even with them if the person is significantly taller than you are. While checking out my client who's coming in this week, I looked on his LinkedIn profile. It turns out that in high school and college, he played basketball. So that alone tells me he's probably at least 5 feet 10, if not taller. So I have to be prepared in case he's a really tall individual. On the other hand, what if the client is of a shorter stature? What angles will you use to complement the client's height? Is the client looking for standing or seated poses or both? How formal or how relaxed does the client want to appear? How relatable do they want to appear to potential clients or customers? Is your client looking for multiple looks in these shots or are they looking for just that one single headshot photo? Will they need a makeup artist or a hairstylist? Where will these photos be used? In print or online? Will they be on a billboard? If the photos will be used online, where will they be used? Instagram, Facebook, the company's website, or some other platform. And why is this important anyway? You need to provide photos composed in the appropriate orientation for the client's platforms. You may need to shoot in both horizontal and vertical orientation. It's easier to do this in camera during the shoot than to do it in Photoshop or during post-production. There are probably a lot of other questions you need to run through. However, again, consider using a more conversational approach to avoid sounding regimented or sounding as though you're running down questions from a checklist. One of the most important things is to have a discussion about hair, makeup, and clothing, and also accessories. To minimize that discussion and to avoid the client suspecting me of probing, I've put together a PDF that I now send specifically to my headshot clients. Next, set up as early as possible. In some cases, such as with my last client, I actually set up the night before. Here's the benefit. Once you're all set up, you can sit for a few minutes and converse with your client to get to know them even a little bit more before the shoot begins. It actually helps to put the client and to put you at ease. Just going back to something I mentioned before, if I have the approximation of a client's height, I'll go as far as to measure appropriate distances from modifiers or reflectors. For example, the eyelighter works best at particular distances from your client and at particular distances from your light modifier. So if I know the client's height, I can make sure there's less time spent trying to make adjustments before I actually start to photograph the client. Next know which modifiers in your arsenal work best for headshots. For example, my 72-inch Octabox sits on my strobe when it comes to portrait work. But for headshots, I recently started using a 38-inch softbox with double diffusion in combination with the eyelighter. I suggest if you're not familiar with the eyelighter, just go to b or Autorama or just Google Eyelighter, and you'll see this modifier. Basically, it's a curved reflector that's placed underneath the client's face in such a way it allows light to bounce off of this reflector back up into the client's face, reducing the shadows that fall under the neck. But the most attractive thing about it is that it adds a little bit of dimension to their eyes. So their eyes really light up and it it has a really beautiful effect. Next, if you're using any props or if you plan to change furniture or anything of the sort, have it all ready to go so there's no fumbling or searching for items. If your client plans to change into different outfits, the client should arrive with those outfits on hangers. And before shooting, you should go over with the client the order in which outfits will be worn and if there's a need to change anything about the makeup or their appearance based on the client's choice of attire. So by now, you have all of this set up and you're almost ready to go. By now, you should have decided on your choice of aperture for the headshots. In general, because headshots are looked upon as more business than truly artistic, I tend to use a medium aperture versus shooting wide open, which would allow for the eyes to be sharp but would introduce a lot of blur as you moved away from the eyes and more towards the sides of the face and the hair. For me, headshots need to be clear and crisp. I shoot headshots at an aperture of eight, which means that from the eyes to the hair, everything is pretty clear and crisp. So I have my aperture. I'm shooting indoors in the studio with strobes, so my ISO is set to 100. And because I want to to control all of the lighting and not introduce the ambient light of the studio, my shutter speed is set at 1 200th of a second. This means that the only variable to my shoot is now the adjustment of the power of my light or my strobe. Okay, so if you've been listening to me for a while, you know what I'm gonna say next. The next thing you've gotta do is get out that handy dandy light meter to get the perfect lighting without having to putz around. So as I continue to beat you guys over the head with this, here's another fine example of how using a light meter can save you time. You already have your camera settings. Your aperture is F8, your shutter speed is 1 200th of a second, your ISO is 100. Okay, you set up and you take a reading with your light meter and from there, you adjust your strobe or flash until you get a reading of eight on your meter. And once you do that, you're set to shoot. Having said that, if you're taking headshots with the same setup all the time, those settings are not going to change, so you'll know to set up your strobe to that particular setting that will give you a reading of eight on the light meter 90 something percent of the time next get out your color checker to ensure your colors are accurate especially if your client is wearing something that has the company logo and reflects the brand you need for those colors to be spot on now you're ready to start shooting I generally begin by telling clients the first few shots are test shots and that when we start shooting the air quotes, real photos, I'll let them know. And of course, I don't let them know because that's when they'll tense up. So as we proceed, I start with standing poses and then I proceed to seated poses. Even if the client has told me that they're more interested in one set of poses than the other. I like to give them variety and I like to give them choices because often they change their mind. So this may mean being seated on an apple box, a chair, or a stool. And if we're broadening the scope of the photo shoot to include branding shots, obviously the poses are more varied, but we're going to do a dedicated branding episode at some point in the future. So I'm not going to dig too deeply into that right now. Depending on the vibe I get from the client, once I know we've covered the classic shots, I then move to less traditional or more experimental or I try the more modern headshot poses. And this is a smart move for a couple of reasons. First, it has the potential to increase your sales if the client likes the less traditional, more modern poses as well as some of of the more standard headshots. It increases the number of photos your client can choose from but still try not to overwhelm your client. It shows your creativity by going beyond the expected standard poses. Next, how many shots you take is totally up to you but you have to know when to quit. Remember, your client is not a model and asking for a bunch of poses can cause them to lose their spark and diminish their energy. So keep it moving and don't keep repeating the same poses. Develop a routine, for example, straight on, to the right, to the left. Also remember, the same way you can reposition your client is the same way you can also move around to get some different angles. Remember. If for some reason you change the position of your lighting, you should probably re-meter just to make sure that your light is appropriate. One thing I found very helpful is to shoot with a posing guide with my selected poses easily accessible. It's easy for the brain to go blank, so keep some sort of guide at hand, whether that's on a device or on print. Okay, so now let's say you're done with the shoot. Again, it's up to you to decide if you want to do some fast edits and show the client their photos before they leave, or you can opt for a Zoom call to review your photos, or I opt to do some basic edits like cropping and white balance, and then I upload the photos to a proofing site like ShootProof. I then send the client a link to that site with instructions to review the photos and to select their favorite or favorites by pinning a star on the photo or photos. I instruct the client that the only thing they have to be concerned about in selecting a photo is their expression. After they've notified me that they've made their selection, I retouch that selection. I either do it myself if time allows, or I outsource to either Image Salon or retouchup.com. When the photo is returned to me, I go over it with a fine tooth comb. There's no such thing, at least for me, as outsourcing a photo and it comes back to you absolutely perfect. There's always going to be something that. I don't know. It kind of defines your style. So you've got to go over it and make whatever micro adjustments that still have to be made to make that photo yours. Once I'm satisfied with the final image, I send it to the client. Now my personal model is to send them a high-resolution photo in case they need it for print, a low resolution photo for online use, and then I also send a low res black and white because some people just like the black and white look. I usually send these photos off in about two to three days. If the client opts for a number of photos, then of course it'll take a little bit longer. I offer my clients two complimentary retouching revisions, but to this day, no one has ever asked me to revise their photos, which is pretty good. Okay, so that's my process for headshots and under the best circumstances, I can have headshots finalized and returned within 24 hours after the client makes their final selection. But like I said, it's usually two to three days and then if I finish it faster, I just deliver it to them ahead of time the goal with headshots is to make it as easy as possible for the client with the thought that they will return to you in the future when they believe it's time for new photos of course there's also the potential that they will talk to others about the great job you've done and recommend you to other people by word of mouth by the way When someone is in your studio, it's a great opportunity to show them your portrait work because something may go off in their head and they may think of coming to you to photograph their family or to do on-site work if they have an office or to have members of their staff come to you for new headshots. So one of the things I'm considering is offering a credit to my headshot clients if they'd like to return to have their portrait done. I haven't fleshed out all the details yet, but I think it's something worth considering. Okay. So as we start to wind down, I'd like to end with a final word on two important topics. The first is posing. I review posing before almost every shoot, be it portraits or headshots. With headshots, you wanna familiarize yourself with a few of the standard poses, but you also want to go outside the typical poses, especially if your client is in more of an artistic space. We talked about this a little bit before, but in addition to what we talked about, here's something else to consider. Go on Pinterest and search for headshots for different specialties. For example, Headshots for violinists, it gets really creative. Or headshots for bloggers, or headshots for designers. You'll get some really great ideas. You don't copy them, but they're inspirational and they give you some thoughts as to how you can do something that's a bit more creative based on the type of work that your client does. Pinterest is also a great way to share photos with your client so that they have an idea of what you're going for in terms of posing. Listen, there's no shame in your photo game by having a tablet or a phone or prints or cards of the poses you want to explore with your client. The second thing I'd like to talk about before we end is about retouching. Generally, headshot photographers tend to work from the standpoint of more is less when it comes to headshots. And for the most part, I strongly agree with that. But always keep in mind the purpose of the headshots. So for example, you may want to consider a higher level of retouching if your client is a model or an actor, but not so much so that when someone meets them in person, they don't look like the person in their headshot. For most individuals, removal of blemishes and stray hairs, removal of dark under eye circles or brightening the under eye and brightening the eye itself. And a mild degree of teeth whitening is usually enough. But again, know what the photos are for. My client who came in for headshots last week is an esthetician, so of course her skin was retouched at a higher level while maintaining a natural, fresh, yet slightly made up look. Essentially, the photos reflect the benefits of her work and the techniques she uses on her clients. This is why it's so important to get to know your clients and the purpose of their headshots. This helps to photograph them at the best angles. For example, last week's client wore a lab coat with her business logo, so it was necessary to photograph her in such a way where I not only got her face and shoulder, but I was also able to get the logo of her company. So once again, this is why it's so important to get to know your client and to understand the purpose of their headshots. Knowing this helps to apply the best strategies in photographing your client and also in retouching their photographs. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you've picked up a few tips related to headshot photography that you can use. And in the future, as I said previously, we will have an episode dedicated to branding photography. If you're interested in seeing some of my headshots, you can go over to headshotnj.com. That's www.headshotnj.com. That's my website for headshots. And if you look at my Instagram feed at photographer Maria B. That's at photographer Maria B. And most of the photos are going to be portraits, but you'll see a couple of headshots as well. And if you'd like to see even more of my headshots, you can go to uh, Garden State Headshots on Instagram. So it's at Garden State Headshots. And you'll see some of my headshot work. Okay, thanks again, guys, for tuning in and talk to you next week. Bye thanks so much for listening to this episode of clued up with me your host maria b if you've enjoyed this podcast please be sure to rate subscribe and review on your preferred podcast listening platform i really appreciate your support when you rate subscribe and review you're also helping other listeners find and enjoy this podcast until next time